Well, hey there, and welcome to our Sermon Audio Podcast from Mountain View Christian Center, a place to connect. One other announcement, uh, it was stated, we've got a membership class coming up on the 23rd, it's a Saturday, it's going to start at 9 o'clock. Don't be confused or put off by that term membership, uh, it's, it's, it's a class that you have to go through if you want to be a member but it's a class that you can go through if you just want to find out about the church. You don't have to. In other words, you don't have to become a member just because you go through the class. Even if you are a member and you're sitting there going, hey, I'd like a little brush up, come on out to that class. We're going to be talking about what we believe and why we believe it and how we operate and who we are and all that good stuff. We've got a sign-up sheet in the back, and I ask that if you're going to come, if you're planning on coming, that you do sign up because... Uh, I plan on getting donuts and coffee, and yeah, donuts and coffee, and uh, I want to make sure that I get enough donuts because I don't want to stand there and watch all the donuts go away and then I'm stuck without a donut. Because, you know, I'm, I always learned I should serve myself last. That's what Deb's always telling me, so uh, if you want to come to that, sign up. We'll make sure we got plenty of donuts. Okay, enough of that. We're going we're gonna to get back in. You know, on Easter, we started talking about praying like Jesus. And we're going to continue that today. This is going to be the second installment of, of learning how to pray like Jesus. How many of you think prayer is important? You understand prayer is a, prayer is a good thing. It's a good thing. Remember, prayer is simply communicating with God. You know, sometimes we get this idea in our head. We hear the term pray and it kind of i don't know it kind of intimidates us and it shouldn't be that because prayer is simply communicating with god it's talking to him it's listening to him it's a dialogue and not a monologue so with that in mind if you've got your bibles would you take them and hold them up repeat after me this is the word of god God. it's able to make me wise It's useful for teaching, teaching. correcting, Correcting. rebuking, Rebuking. and training in righteousness. righteousness. And this message is for me. me. All right, Lord, we come before you this morning with open hands, open hearts, and an open Bible. Pray that you would teach us and guide us. Let us draw close to you in your precious name. Amen. Too many people have a tendency, I think, to to take prayer out of that communication realm and make it more like a business call. In fact, some people, instead of just a business call, they make it more of a cold call. You know what I'm talking about? You've all got a cold call. You're sitting there, you're minding your own business. All of a sudden, the phone rings, usually around dinner time. Hi, would you like to buy some books? What? My uncle... My uncle got, got one of those cold calls once when, when we were kids. I heard about it. Now, his daughter, my cousin, is, was, is a year, just over a year older than me. And she was probably seven or eight at the time. And he gets a call around dinner time, and it's this book company, and they, they want to sell him books. You've got a little girl, right? Well, yeah, yeah. So, you know, well, you need to buy books. Well, th- this had gone on. He had told them no, like two or three times. They keep calling back. Finally, this one night, they call back, and they say, hey, we'd like to, we'd like to offer you an extended offer to you for books for your daughter. And my uncle just fed up with it, says, my daughter died. 
He said it just went quiet on the other end of the line. And my cousin's sitting there and looks up at him and goes, what? No, I'm right here. <laughs> my daughter died about a month ago. I wish you'd quit calling. You keep reopening the wounds. And then he kept the person on. They kept trying to get off. Never got a phone call like that again. You know, we have a tendency, people have a tendency to, to cold call God. We get frustrated when people call us at dinner time. And, and how many times do you know people cold call God at dinner time? Oh, hey, you know what? We're about to eat. Let's uh, somebody say grace. Let's pray for our food. We need to stop cold calling God. Now, I'm not saying don't pray over your meal. Certainly pray over your meal. Ask the Lord to bless it. That's a great time. But that shouldn't be the only time that you talk to him. That shouldn't be the only time you call up the Lord's when you want his blessing on your food. And if you eat breakfast like I eat breakfast, sometimes I wonder if it's even right for me to ask him to bless the food. You know, I got like a pound of bacon and a <laughs> bowl of cinnamon toast crunch and gallon of coffee. I'm like, yeah, Lord, bless this. He's like, you dummy. <laughs> You're going to kill yourself. Hasn't happened yet. But, uh, oh, yeah. there's no feeling, you know, these cold calls and sometimes our, our mealtime prayers or our goodnight prayers. There's, there's no feeling. There's no relationship. There's no responsibility. There's no expectation. And and sadly, there's no surprise if the prayer goes unanswered. I want that to change, church. I believe the Lord wants that to change. I, I don't think God is interested in us sending up weak prayers that mean absolutely nothing to us. And I don't think God's interested in us not being surprised when the prayer doesn't go answered. I think God wants to have something better out of us. And I think God wants something better for us. For all the freedom and the blessing that we have in prayer, now there are some responsibilities. And this might be why so often our prayers are just kind of dead and boring and blah. There's respons How many of you knew that there's responsibilities and expectations if you want to have your prayers heard by God? There are some responsibilities on our part. God has some expectations for us to pray if we want to be heard. Not only if we want to be heard, but if we want to be answered, we really need to be paying attention to these responsibilities and expectations. By the way, I will just let you know, today is going to end a little bit different than most every other Sunday. Today is going to end with an opportunity for us to put into practice what I'm talking about. What's that mean? Today, before you get to leave, I'm going to time you in prayer. No, that's not true. <laughs> I saw some people starting to edge towards the door. Before you get to, before, before I dismiss, we're going to have a time, and, and I'm just telling you up front, just get ready to come and make use of these altars and this prayer area. Okay? I'm not, I'm not planning on a salvation altar call. I'm not planning on a sinner's prayer. I'm just planning on, you know what? Let's put into practice what we're learning from the Lord today about praying. So let's get that out of the way. We're going to have a time of prayer afterwards. 
Now let's get back to the point. We're going to be in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. And we're going to see that the very first thing that we need, our very first responsibility, the expectation, is that we have a right relationship with the Lord. With that in mind, let's take a look at what it says here. Jesus is teaching on prayer in Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 1. It says this, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Now, I'm not going to go down and break down this prayer. This is, you know, it's, it's been broken down so many times, and, and people have begun to call it the Lord's Prayer. We need to understand. Jesus, the only thing I'm really going to say about this prayer right now is that Jesus was not saying, this is what I want you to pray. This is the only way I want you to pray. These are the exact words that you ought to pray. Jesus was giving a format here that involves worship and involves petition and involves praise involves expectation. It wasn't just that these are, boy, anytime you're in trouble, say these words. That's not what he was, that's not what he was saying. So let's continue verse 5. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine came on a journey, has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children are, are with me in bed. I can't give up and give, get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he's his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. Verse 11, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Wow. A lot of stuff in there. As I said, the very first thing that we need to grab hold of, first responsibility, first expectation on our part, is that we have a right relationship with God. This is indicated in the very first thing that Jesus said when he told him, this is how you ought to pray. Father. Start out with Father. That indicates a relationship. He didn't say start out with your father, his father, my next door neighbor's father. If you look at the account of Matthew, he says, pray it this way, our father or my father. In the Greek, they used, Jesus used the term, and Paul used the term Abba, which translated to English actually means daddy. Now there's a relationship. 
Now, anybody can become, any man can become a father, but it takes somebody special to be a daddy. And, and that's what Jesus is saying. Look, have a relationship first. Here's an idea. Call him father. Come to him with that. James chapter 5 and verse 16, as I said, have a right relationship. James chapter 5 verse 16 says this, the prayer of a righteous man or woman is powerful and effective. A righteous man, not every man, not just any man, but the prayer of a righteous man or woman. A righteous, not self-righteous, but righteous, meaning having been made right with God. Being in right standing, having a right relationship. So you want to have your prayers heard? You want to have your prayers answered? Here's an idea. Get into a relationship with God. Pretty simple. Not rocket science. Pretty simple. Think about this. Here's kind of the flip side of it. If, if the prayers of the righteous are heard and answered, and they're powerful and effective, the prayers of the unrighteous fall on deaf ears. Look what it says in Psalm, Psalm 66, 18. This is David writing, and he says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, God would not have listened. There's a big difference between hearing and listening. Deb tells me that all the time, or something like that. So. But David said, if I had cherished sin in my heart, God would not have listened. Isaiah 59, 2, the prophet says this, Your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. What's the point? The point is, we can't be walking in a sinful uh, uh, lifestyle and expect that God is going to hear us. Expect that God is going to answer us. It blows me away. You You know who seems to get this concept better than just about anybody else? The unrighteous. The, the sinner, the person that, that maybe doesn't, doesn't even know that there is grace and mercy from God. I've had so many people, when I've had an opportunity, you know, they're sharing their life with me, telling me about their struggles, said, hey, uh, I'll pray for you. And, and their response is, thank you, because they, didn't, they don't feel like they can pray because they know that in their lifestyle, they can't just come to the Lord and ask Him for whatever. You realize that God has not bound himself to listen to the prayers of the unrighteous. He hasn't committed himself to listen to the prayers of just every person that's walking. It's a privilege that we have as children of God. It's a privilege that we have walking in a right relationship that we know that he hears us. And when we know that he hears us, to know that he answers us. There is one prayer that God has bound himself to hear from the unrighteous, and that's a prayer of repentance. That prayer will never, ever fall on deaf ears. When we in our sin, because we've all been there, that's, that's our common denominator. When we in our sin come to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't deserve it. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Boom. He hears that. Communication lines are open. The Bible says he'll come in and he'll cleanse us and forgive us. And now we have a right relationship. And now we can start to ask him, whatever. Whatever. Because we've begun that right relationship. 
Now, I'm not saying that God never hears any prayers or answers any prayers of the unrighteous. I'm just saying that according to his word, he hasn't bound himself to hear those prayers. I've heard plenty of people talk about, you know, being in, being in battle or being in some situation. And they've, boy, they've been about the furthest thing from God you can imagine. And all of a sudden they get themselves on a tight spot and they'll say, Lord, if you'll get me out of this, I promise I'll never do this again. Or I'll... And God hears it. And then you got to ask them, so are you keeping your end of the bargain? Because if you're not, that's kind of not fair. You know what I'm saying? So we want to, let's get back on track. If we want to be able to pray and have a good communication with the Lord, a good dialogue with the Lord, then, then we need to first and foremost be in a great relationship with him. Jesus had a right relationship with, with the Father. And it wasn't simply because Jesus is the Son of God. No, Jesus' right relationship with the Father, the strength of his relationship, comes because he honored the Father and he walked in relationship with him. You know, when he came to earth, he laid aside all the benefits of deity in heaven. He came to earth. Think about this. The Bible says that, that God is perfect and cannot be tempted. God tempts nobody and he cannot be tempted by evil himself. And yet Jesus was tempted and tempted often. So Jesus left the benefits of deity in heaven when he came down here to earth to live among us and to live this, live this life. And Jesus was in a right relationship with the Father, not because he was the Son, but because he walked in that right relationship. John chapter 17, verse 4 says this. Jesus speaking, he says, I brought glory to your name by completing the work you gave me to do. Jesus brought glory to the Father because he finished, he started and finished the work that God wanted him to do. John 14, 23 says this, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. Well, why did the Father love the Son? Because the Son obeyed the Father and fulfilled His will. We can have that same kind of relationship with the Father. So let's move on down. As I said, I'm not going to tear apart or, or pick apart the, what's been known as the Lord's Prayer. We'll do that some other time. I want to look at what the Lord did, what He talked about after that format as he expanded on the idea of a relationship, the first relationship that he spoke about is the relationship of a friend. Do you notice? I mean, look at that story again. Suppose one of you has a friend. For some of you, that might be a stretch. Suppose I do have a friend. Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight. Knocks on the door and says, hey, a friend of mine is on a journey. He came to my house. I got nothing to feed him. Why don't you get up, get up and give me about three loaves of bread? You know that's got to be a friend. You don't just get up and go knock on your neighbor's door at midnight because somebody came to your house and you didn't go shopping. You don't, you don't just call up mom and dad in the middle of the night. Yeah, I was just thinking about food. What are you doing? This has got to be a friend. I mean, this has got to be a good friend that's got the gumption to come at midnight and bang on your door.
So a friend of yours comes at midnight, so you go to your friend's house, knock on the door because you didn't go shopping. Maybe you didn't know. Maybe they forgot to call you. Maybe the text didn't come in. You weren't aware that they were coming. Your friend shows up at your door, so you go to another friend's house, and you bang on the door knowing full well that they're in bed because that's midnight, and that's what good people do at midnight. They're sleeping because they're responsible. They're going to get up and go to work the next day. They're tired, and you just go over there and say, hey, Hey, you asleep? I don't see any lights on. Hey, get up. It's Brandon. Hey, come on. What are you doing, man? I'm sleeping. Leave me alone. No, I hear you in there. Come on. This is the picture Jesus is painting. This guy is annoying. And you can only be annoying like this to friends. You don't want to go and annoy your neighbors. You got to live next to them. Come on, you know you can. You you act differently around your close friends than you do just around neighbors or or acquaintances. It's okay to annoy your friends. It's kind of expected, right? I mean, you call your friends names that you wouldn't call anybody else. You you have inside jokes with your friends you don't have with anybody else. You you have a freedom. With your friends, Jesus says, you're talking to one of your friends, you're banging on their door at midnight saying, come on, man, I need some food. Like, shut up, it's midnight. Nobody eats at midnight. It's not good for you. You'll have bad dreams. Go home. I'm not going home. I'm going to keep knocking. Dude, my kids are in bed. I'm in bed. Go away. I got to get up. Not going away. I know you're in there. I know you got bread. I saw you at the store. Come on. We've all got annoying friends. I got a, I got a good friend. You, some of you have met him, Tim and Jenny Smith. I've known Tim since I was four years old. Probably, my, probably the best friend I've ever had. I've known him since I was four years old. Grew up in church together. Hardly ever see each other. When we do, and it, his wife was his wife Jenny. She started coming to the church, and I don't know, she's 12, 13, 14, something like that. And uh, so, you know, we're all friends. And Jenny's talking to me one day, and she says, You ever call Tim? I said, No, no. You ever write him? No. She's asking Tim, she said, When was the last time you talked to Brown? I don't know, maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. Why don't you ever call him? Eh. Don't need to. She says, you guys suck as friends. You're horrible. Excuse my language. I don't really like that word, but that's what she said. You guys are the worst. Like, so what? You know what? If I was hungry, I could go to their house and bang on their door, and I wouldn't mind waking them up. See, we're such good friends. They came over to our house. Oh, this has been probably five, six years, maybe even longer than that. They came over to our house like 7 o'clock at night one night. We got a pizza, got a movie. They came in, sat down, we're visiting, watching TV. About 11 o'clock, 11.30, Deb's yawning, I'm yawning. We're like, oh, it's tired, got to get up in the morning. They're just sitting there talking. About midnight, Deb gets up and says, good night, watch out. Because you can do that with friends. You can tell them, hey, let yourself out whenever you're ready to go. Turn the light off. Deb says, I'm going to bed. Good night. She might have even said something about you've overstayed your welcome. I don't know. She went to bed. 
I'm looking at them. They're laughing. Oh, Deb's going to bed. She must be tired. Yeah, she's not the only one. <laughs> and so they keep talking. We got the TV on. They keep talking. Pretty soon I'm yawning. Next thing you know, I'm dozing off. Like two o'clock in the morning, I wake up. Two o'clock in the morning, and they are still sitting on my couch. <laughs> are you guys going home tonight, or are you staying all night? Because I'm falling asleep. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I guess we'll go. They finally got up and left. Did it bother me? Not at all. Do we laugh about it? All the time. Because friends can annoy you, and it's okay. And Jesus is talking about, you. hey, somebody comes to your house at midnight, so you go to your friend's house at midnight, you just start knocking on the door. Hey, get up. I know you're in there. I want some bread. Here's the reality. Think about this. Nobody needs bread at midnight. Nobody needs bread at midnight. You don't need to make your sandwich at midnight for the next day. You don't have any bread in your house. That's okay because in the morning you can make some or you can go to the store and get some. Nobody needs bread at midnight. But Jesus said you can go to your friend and knock on his door at midnight and ask for bread. And even though your friend won't get up just because you need some bread, even though your friend won't get out of bed just so you can have some carbs late at night, because of your boldness, he will. I think boldness loosely translated would be annoyance, annoying personality or something. Because you've got the guts, because you've got the willingness, because you, you, you can totally ignore all societal norms with your friend. Because you are bold, not because you need bread, because you don't need bread at midnight, but because you're bold and annoying and won't go away, your friend will get up and give you bread. Was Jesus literally talking? Yeah, yeah, he was literally talking about friends. But you know what he was really talking about? This is prayer. You can go to your friend, the Father, at midnight, at one or two. Guess what? You don't have to wait until you've got an actual need to talk to your friend in heaven. God is interested in things beyond your needs. How many of you, do any of you like to do things for your friends that they don't need? Any of you like to have your friends do stuff for you that you don't need? My goodness. I like to help my friends out. I like to do stuff for them. They got absolutely no, What do we have need of? Food, clothing, and shelter. That's, that's our basic needs. The Bible says that God knows your needs even before you ask what your needs are. But here, Jesus is letting us know, you know what? You can talk to them about things that aren't needs. You got a right relationship with them. Let's call them friend. You can come to them at any time of the day or night, even when it's not politically incorrect or socially acceptable, you can come to the Lord. 
and say, hey, Lord, how about some bread? It's midnight. I'm, I'm a little bit hungry. Lord, I've been thinking about this. Lord, what would you think about that? Jesus said, you know what? Even though your friend might not get up to give you bread, even if you have a need, they will get up because you're bold. Let's be bold. Let's be bold. Now, I'm not saying be bold and come to my house at midnight. Let's be bold <laughs> and talk to the Lord. Let's be bold when we approach the throne. Let's, let's not worry about just going to God when there's nothing else I can do. Let's not wait to go to God when it's an emergency situation. Let's start being bold now. So, Lord, I'd really like some ice cream. Lord, I really wish Pastor Brandon would hurry up and get done. <laughs> I was not expecting an amen or anything like that. <laughs> Church, here's the, here's the reality. Jesus wants us to be bold as we approach the Father as a friend. Not worry about this isn't really a need. Man, we can talk ourselves out of approaching God so many times because, we go, well, it's not really all that important. You know how many times I've talked to people, hey, how can I pray for you? Oh, it's really not that important. What do you mean it's not that important? Well, you know, it's just a... I just like to get my car painted, or I just like to... What do you mean that's not important? Is it important to you? Then it's important to God. Oh, sure, it's not on the level of food, clothing, and shelter. But God cares about the things you care about. And you know what? If you'll be bold enough to approach the throne, even at midnight, because of your boldness, he'll hear you if you're walking in a right relationship with him. Let's move to the next story. Let's go to the second part of this story. Jesus says, I say to you, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. Who's saying this? Jesus. What kind of weight, what kind of validity does he have? He carries a lot of weight. He's got a lot of authority. And when he says, if you ask, you'll receive, that's exactly what he means. And when he says, if you seek, you'll find, that's exactly what he means. And when he says, if you knock, it'll be open, that's exactly what he means. So maybe we ought to just start doing it and trusting him. I know it's crazy, but why not? Let's look at the next part. Verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit, or in some translations, give good gifts to you? 
How many of you remember the show uh, Fear Factor? It was on, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. Crazy show, put people in all these ridiculous... I always thought the stunts looked like fun. I always wanted to do that. But the foods that they have to eat, ah, no thank you. I think I honestly think some of that's demonic because I, there are certain parts of animals that I don't think God ever intended to be eaten. It's just yuck. But, you know, hey, a million bucks. Boy, if I can get a million bucks, I'll, I'll be eaten. This is the mindset of some of these people. I'll eat whatever for a million bucks. I'll even do it on, on television. Well, the whole premise of, of Fear Factor was you're going to sit yourself in situations that might just scare the snot out of you and engross you and everyone else out. And so they would bring a, they would bring a, a pot of something that would be covered. And, and all right, you're going you're gonna to reach in here and you're going to eat whatever's in here. Are you ready? I preached on this one time. I got a, I got a pot and I got a couple of volunteers. Maybe I shouldn't say, maybe I should just preach it again. Anyways, I got a couple of volunteers to come up, sitting there. Who will be the first when I open this up to dig in with a spoon and start eating? Nobody wanted, I couldn't even hardly get a volunteer to come up. I don't know if it's because they know me or because I said we're talking about fear factor. I don't know. I had to call on people. I had to use my pastoral authority and make them come up. I can either pray for you or I can pray against you. How do you want it? So they come up and they sat there and they are nervous. Pull the lid off and there's a quart of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Chocolate chip. Mmm. Oh, then everybody wants some of that. Give me some of that. Everybody wants that, but nobody wants to volunteer because they're afraid of what they're going to get. We got this fear built in. Why? Because the enemy has lied to us since ever since we were ever since Adam and Eve were in the garden. The enemy's been lying and say, saying, God just doesn't want you to be like him. Guess what? We were created in his image and in his likeness. We are like God. We are not God, never will be God. But we are like God because we're created in his image. But the devil's lying. He just doesn't want you to be like him. He doesn't want you to have this blessing. He doesn't want. Anytime God wants to give you something and it's wrapped up, it's probably bad. If there's a lid on it, it's probably, probably to protect you. You don't want that. If you open it up, it happens to be ice cream. Guess who doesn't want you to have good things? The devil. Who wants you to have good things? God. Jesus said, hey, look, some of you are fathers here. He changes the relationship again. He focuses the relationship on fatherhood. He says, how many of you dads, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake? Nobody. And if they asked for an egg, are you going to give him a scorpion? No. Maybe on April Fool's, but No. He says, think about this. Your kids ask you. They trust you because you are daddy, your mama, your grandma, your grandpa, your whatever. Your kids come to you and they ask for something and it gives you pleasure to give them good things. 
My goodness, my grandkids want an egg. They, they go and ask Mima for an egg. She asks them how they want it made. She doesn't just give them an egg. You want it fried, scrambled, boiled, poached? How do you want this? You want it in a cup? You want it on a plate? You want me to feed you? If, if, if you, and Jesus, Jesus didn't mince words. He says, you know what? If you being evil, what he means here is, your fallen creation. You've got a sin nature. Every one of us has a sin nature. Every one of us makes mistakes, don't we? I made a mistake like 18 years ago. No, just kidding. <laughs> Probably like 18 minutes ago or something. We make mistakes and we've got this sin nature even though we've come to Jesus Christ. Most of us here have come to Jesus Christ and we've been redeemed, we've been restored, we've been made new. We still have a tendency to fall. And Jesus said, you know, even though you have that tendency, even though you are evil, even though you're mean and rotten and nasty and when your kid comes to you, that child that you love that is just a part of you, it's, it's your heart. And they ask if you... You don't give them something bad, you give them something good. If you can do that in that condition, if that's your heart in your condition, think about your Father in heaven who is perfect, absolutely sinless, loves you with a love that you can't even fathom. Somebody was asking me the other day about marriage in heaven. I said, there's not going to be any need for marriage in heaven. We're going to know our spouses. It's not, don't, don't get caught up in the idea that the Mormons have that you're going to have a whole bunch of wives and populate your own planet and become a god. That's their, that's their idea on eternal marriage. Marriage in heaven has no place because the old order of things is gone, but we're going to know our spouse and we're going to... I am, oh, am going to love Deb... So much more in heaven because there's no wickedness, no evilness, no temptation, no bad thoughts, no, all that's gone. That's all part of this order of life is gone. And I'm going to have such a pure love for her. It's hard to imagine. And that's the kind of love that the Father has for us right now. Jesus said, the love that you've got for your kids is great. It's wonderful, but you're still messed up and you can still give them good things. Your father in heaven, not messed up. And if you can give good things, just imagine what he wants to give to you if you just ask. Who was listening earlier? He who asks receives. He who seeks, finds. And he who knocks, the door will be open. You will find. You will be answered. If you do have a relationship with the Father, based not on your self-righteousness, but on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So, enough said. I know how you meant that. <laughs> they don't. 
He. <laughs> I love this church. I re- no, I really do. I love this church. This church is awesome. I'm not going anywhere because you guys make me laugh. Well, not only that, God told me I can't. I, I haven't been asking. But. No. I can stand up here and talk till I'm blue in the face, but here's the bottom line. Have a right relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ, and you can ask, seek, and knock. And it doesn't have to be about perceived needs. It can be about wants. Why? Because he cares for you. And he wants to bless you. And he wants to shower you. And he wants to take care of you. And he wants to encourage you. You know, Eric shared this morning about... It's, I don't preach a prosperity gospel. I don't... Come on, you have to get rid of so much of the Bible if you're going to preach a prosperity gospel. I'm not interested in that. We're going to go through hard times, but you know what? Jesus is with us. And if God is with me, who can be against me? Life happens, but it happens so much better with Jesus. So I told you, we're going to put into practice. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask Shirley if you come up, maybe play something on the piano. Completely unexpected. I appreciate you doing that. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close with somewhat of a closing prayer. But church, don't run off. Don't cheat. We need to practice what we preach. And you need to practice what I preach. We need to come and approach the throne. And I'll tell you what. If you're sitting here this morning and you say, "Well, the first thing you say is you got to have a right relationship with God." And I don't have that. Let me tell you, it doesn't take any more than this. Lord, forgive me. I want a right relationship with you. And boom, you're in. And then you build that relationship. But that's how you get it started. If you haven't talked to the Lord in a while, come. Let's spend time with the Lord this morning. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and pray and close. And I told you this is not typical. And if you got to go, Lord bless you. Hope to see you again very soon. If you're here and you don't have that relationship with the Lord and you're saying, and you know what, I'm not one of these guys who's going to twist your arm. I believe in, I, there's my business pitch. I believe in the product. But I'm not going to force you to take it. If you're sitting here this morning and say, you know, I'm just, I'm just not ready. Lord bless you. I'm praying for you. Praying that you will be ready. I want you to know my Jesus. Let me pray and you come. Come, spend some time with the Lord. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have had today to gather in your house and in your presence and with one another. Lord, I thank you for your word that's able to make us wise. And Lord, for the truth of your word. Jesus, thank you for taking the time to spell it out to your disciples that we can learn from it. That if we have a right relationship with you, we can ask just like we would ask of a friend. We can be bold, we can be crazy, we can be nutty, and we can come before you and know that you hear us because of our boldness and that relationship. Lord, thank you that you desire to have a father-child relationship, a a daddy-daughter a daddy-son relationship with us. Lord, that what you give is good. 
So now, Jesus, I just speak your blessing on those that need to go. Would you protect them? Would you bless them? Would you bring them back safely? But, Lord, for those that don't need to go, those that can take even just a few minutes and come up around these altars, come up around the front and just spend some time praying. Lord, I thank you that you hear the prayers. And, Lord, that answers are on the way. And with that in mind, we say thank you in advance. And all God's people said, amen. These altars are open. Please, please come and spend some time with the Lord. Thank you for checking out our podcast today. For more information, you can find us on the web at www.mountainviewchristiancenter.net.